A year ago, the world changed completely. We really weren't sure what businesses were gonna thrive, or really, let's be honest, survive. So I wanted to know how entrepreneurs and organizations were positively pivoting their businesses in this unknown world. Now it's been a year and people are continuing to thrive and come up with unique ways to have their business and have their organization do the things that they used to, but just a little bit differently. Welcome to season two of Coping 19. Okay, so this topic I really haven't touched upon in my podcast yet because I feel like everybody talks about it every day. I worked in talk radio as a traffic helicopter reporter every day, and uh, I feel like this topic was discussed every single day, every week. So I've got to do it. And of course, I'm talking about real estate. And last year when the pandemic hit, everything did stop when we went into the initial lockdown. That's just because we weren't sure for anybody's industry, what was going to happen with this. Um, and then of course, real estate got moving again when uh, restrictions started to lift in like May, June. Um, so that's why I wanted to bring my next guest on because I know the market is super busy again. So I kind of wanted to just know his thoughts about uh, the pandemic, if maybe it shaped people's uh, decisions a little bit differently in what they're looking for in real estate. Um, and maybe if we ever see it, I, I don't think we'll ever see it slow down, but uh, just kind of the different patterns and his thoughts about real estate in the age of COVID-19. So I have Brandon Blue from Rennie Group, and I'm really excited to talk to him. So how are you doing? Thank you. Uh, I'm very, very well. Thank you. I'm really excited to talk on your podcast, and especially when it comes to the pandemic in the markets and, you know, working and kind of experiencing that on the day-to-day basis. It's, it's a pretty crazy story. It's, it's really remarkable looking back at it. The fact that the real estate market is still going, which some of us are perplexed by, it's just the fact that you guys have also, liked many other businesses, um, have had to change kind of the way that you guys do things just to follow the COVID protocols. Like you can't really have mm-hmm. the open houses that you guys used to have. When COVID first happened and, you know, there was a big stock market crash and everybody was concerned and worried. From the beginning of it, we definitely saw the group of Vancouver bubble bursters that have been saying for the last 10 years that the market's overvalued, that this is it. This global pandemic is what's going to crash real estate in Vancouver. There was absolutely some deals to be had where people, unfortunately, panicked and sold their investment properties or sold property that they had for cheaper than I think that they would have preferred. You know, of course, after a month and, you know, a little bit of time went by, it wasn't even wasn't even necessarily a long amount of time. People started spending time in their space and realized, you know, maybe I should get on the, the realtor.ca app and find something else. Maybe I need something bigger. Maybe I don't have to go back to the office. Maybe I can work from home. Uh, maybe I need a house. And of course, that just started driving interest and demand. And like you say, the showings became fascinating because before we're used to these big open houses where we have tons of people through there. Then all of a sudden we're having to almost be bouncers at a nightclub where we're at our door, making sure everybody's got masks, hand sanitizer, has a scheduled appointment, 15 minutes apart, making sure that not too many people are in. It's It was pretty crazy. It's pretty wild for sure. But it's probably actually a benefit to realtors because the people looking now at the properties are probably a bit more serious if they're going to go to the time and effort to put on a mask, you know, book an appointment and all that. I like it from my perspective, because if if I'm selling somebody's property, I always like to be able to engage with the buyer and try and understand their needs a little, talk to them about what their goals are. You know, if they want to use a basement suite for a mortgage helper, or if they want to use it to have the in-laws, you know, help with with childcare. 
I like to be able to talk to people and go through the property with them and give them the tour. I'm, I'm a little old school like that versus an open house scenario where 20 people are all in at the same time. You can circulate and say, hi, how are you? Any questions? Just let me know. And that's pretty much the scope of the interaction. It's nice because you get that one-to-one personal treatment now too with COVID. I find that in many industries, I kind of like it in the fact that it's like, oh, I get all this attention now opposed to like trying to fight the sales representative and anything for, for everybody's attention. Absolutely. It's, it's always funny. You hear people's lives in the background because a lot of people are working from home, and myself included. Lots of phone calls. I have five-month-old twins at home, and I was on the phone the other day, and literally, it's, it's, I'm on the phone with a mortgage broker trying to work out a rate for a client, and I'm in the middle of bathing uh, one of my daughters. The mortgage broker, I can hear the sound in her voice being like, are you like <laughs> taking a bath right now? And it's like, no, no, just so you know, it's my daughter. It's, it's uh, you know, it's just part of working from home is just hearing kids in the background and, you know, having family activities go on, which is become normal now, whereas before it would have almost been inappropriate, right? I think that's the thing. COVID has kind of humanized everybody, especially, like you said, being on Zoom calls, no matter what industry you're in, everybody has uh, their things going on in their home and it kind of reveals all that and makes everyone a little bit more human. For sure. Especially, especially with kids and dogs. It's, uh, you know, you can be on the most important business call in the world, but you know, your, your child or your dog will, will, uh, you know, interrupt in order to tell you something that's extremely important at the time. Right. It's pretty funny. And if it's cute enough and you capture it, you can go viral. And that's very true. Very, very true. Well, let's talk a little bit about maybe what people are looking for now, because I know the home office is a big thing. Are you seeing a lot more shift of people needing that extra space? So the hottest market right now at this time is the detached homes that are out East. So we're talking Coquitlam, Delta, at Langley, places that can be somebody's next 10 years. And it's interesting. I, I think I think typically in real estate, people start at the one bedroom and they then progress to the two bedroom. Then when they start thinking about having a family, then that's when they, you know, potentially move out east and get into the home. But we're we're seeing some level jumping as a result of the mortgage rates being so low and historically low that if people can stretch themselves and lock in that five-year fixed term and go from a one-bedroom condo to a house out in Langley with a mortgage helper, then they're going to try and do it. There's, there's a lot of fence sitters, a lot of, a lot of people that have been calling for Vancouver's market to crash that are now actually shopping for themselves. And it's fascinating to see the, the shift of if a global pandemic can't bring down Vancouver's real estate prices, well, then can anything? And it's, it's a rhetorical question and that I don't know. I, you know, anybody that tells you what, that they know what the market's going to do in the future is, you know, is, is guessing just like the rest of us. But presently, it just shows a, a really interesting shift for a lot of people that didn't believe in the markets and were holding off and waiting for that big crash. Now saying, oh my goodness, maybe it's not going to happen. And I need to get in now and take advantage of these of these interest rates. Yeah, it's just so fascinating to me because I'm just wondering if the fact that we never went into a full second lockdown could contribute to that as well. Because like I have friends that moved to Toronto and Toronto, you know, they were saying like last year that it was just as hot as Vancouver. People had trouble getting into the market, especially if they wanted downtown Toronto, not so much the suburbs. But I have friends that bought in a beautiful building downtown Toronto and they said, they are moving back to Vancouver now. They cannot sell it. Real estate mm. in the downtown core is not moving there. And I'm wondering if that's because they went through a second strict lockdown where you can't really move property so anyway. I had I had showings. A lot of 
viewing real estate and going to a place is seeing what your everyday life is going to be like in that neighborhood. And downtown condos, it's it's tough to sell the idea of downtown when all the restaurants are closed, all the nightclubs are closed, there's no hockey games, there's no perks of being in in that higher concentration of people. Uh, I've had showings in a building in Yaletown where literally, no joke, it's two people per elevator. It's a 40-story building. It only has two elevators servicing it. And we're waiting in the lobby in a line to get on the elevator for 10 minutes, right? And I, I think as, as lockdown happens and we can't stuff people into places like elevators, it's natural to be turned off by that experience versus being able to have more space in your own home and see presently what you're able to get and how far your value will go. Agree. I think the idea of the condo, a lot of people are thinking less of now. And um, perfect example, I moved to a basement suite. I didn't know. Moved from a condo to a basement suite just literally days before the first lockdown. And I had no clue. I thought about the whole time. I was like, wow, it's so nice. I can easily move out my door and in. And my parents live in a tower in Orphan and they... It has turned them off of condo living because like you said, they don't like waiting for the elevator. People can be a little bit more aggressive with the whole like two people in there. You know, I was a big advocate for condo living because I enjoy it. But now I'm like, oh, my mind's changing because of the pandemic. It will be interesting to see what does happen after the vaccination, after we go back to normal. I truly do believe that we are social creatures and we like being around people. And it'll be interesting to see if the pendulum does swing the other way because it can be lonely living out in the burbs. Sure, you have a big house, but you have to get in your car to go anywhere versus being downtown. You can buy groceries, you can walk around, you can go get coffee, you meet up with your friends, even just, you know, talk to your neighbors. I, I have neighbors on my floor that I used to go and visit with all the time. Neighbors on the one side, literally 80 years old, two of the nicest, most sweetest people ever. My wife and I would go over and, and have a drink with them once every you know two or three weeks. And it was, it was amazing. But now, of course, we don't have any of those benefits. So it, it will be interesting to see when we do go back to normal, if there is that shift back to condos, time will tell. Yeah, it's, it's definitely the housing boom right now. And as a quick example, I had a house for sale in Port Coquitlam, ticked all the boxes. It was, it was priced at 1.1 end of a cul-de-sac, had the basement suites, which could be rented out. Fantastic spot, well-maintained, well-taken care of. Over a three-day period, we had 84 viewings, which resulted in 21 offers after just one weekend. And there's definitely the desire there for, for people to still have that. And I think at the end of the day, a lot of our goals, whether we're in a condo or not, is to be that homeowner. And I think that's still very traditional in a lot of ways. Yeah. And I think with condos as well, like I know in certain parts in downtown, because I've been working with a realtor, um, the prices are going down in different areas like Gastown, but like not, you know, not bursting levels, but going down from where it was. But I think it's just, you know, people, I think the other thing we forget about with condos is the fact that a lot of people bought them for Airbnb purposes. And there is no Airbnb right now because people aren't allowed to travel. So I think that's kind of adding to the whole, maybe a little bit more emptier condos downtown because I know some friends that are getting sweet rental deals now but they're throwing everything at them um, which you would never see before because they just need to put a renter in that condo yeah I've, I've heard of that too where renters who are currently month to month will go and they will find other rentals on Craigslist and offer a lower rate if, if let's say a place is renting for 2500 they'll say hey I'll give you 2100 I'll sign a year lease with you and if you're that landlord somebody contacts you with that well every month that your place stays empty is, you know, lost revenue, right? So is that, is that enticing enough? And I've heard of people doing that. Absolutely. But all all that being said, you know, I have, I have my own listings, which, you know, have been on the market for three, four months that have had not a lot of activity. And over the last two or three weeks, 
it's been tons of showing requests. Two of them I got multiple offers on out of nowhere. There is a bit of a circling back around. Now, I'm not one to say whether it's a trend or what stats are or that kind of thing, but on the ground, it is interesting to see more interest coming back to condos a little as there's more talk about a vaccination and, and as people are getting vaccinated. Do you ever worry that, and I, this might be a hard question to ask, but this is something that I think is on a lot of our minds. And some economists have said that we're living in a, a false economy. Are you ever worried that real estate will slow down because eventually it will catch up with maybe a lot of people that um, unfortunately have lost their jobs through the pandemic? And yeah, interest rates are low right now, but if a lot of people have lost their jobs and bought and maybe overextended themselves during this time, if they go up, are we going to be in trouble? And I know this is a huge question there's no right answer and it's kind of looking in like the crystal ball you know what i always worry and i always a big part of the way that i like to protect my clients in my business anybody who's worked with me will know like i look at here's what could happen in the best case scenario here's what could happen in the worst case scenario and what the middle outcome could be but i had this conversation with somebody just the other day where they are wanting to sell their townhouse because the market's gone up in the townhouse market in their area they can get more money for it than they anticipated but then they want to turn around and buy a house and my concern there is I don't want that person to turn around, get more money for their townhouse, make a profit, quote unquote, but then be unable to enter into the detached housing market. And then what? So if they get priced out, if places that are usually going for you know, 1.2 are starting to go for 1.4, they can't get in that because they can't afford that. Well, now all of a sudden, are they having to rent and the market runs away on them? Or do they have to come back around and buy another townhouse in order to live there. And they've lost because they've paid fees, they've paid closing fees, they've, you know, just essentially done this big circle. I, I worry all the time. You know, I'm I'm a big advocate of not biting off more than you can chew, you know, and being fiscally responsible and getting lots of opinions from accountants, financial planners, that kind of stuff. You know, it is a big decision and you want it to be a 10-year decision or at least a five-year decision. Anytime investors or anybody is looking for a quick flip, those are the ones that that scare me the most because there's just so much that, that you can't control. Yeah. And I think you brought up a great point too. It's like, you are a really great realtor. You do a lot of your homework and you know, you want to make sure that your clients are happy and making the right choices for them. Unfortunately, you know, with any business, there are maybe not so great people in your profession, but I think that's the thing is like really knowing who your realtor is and making sure you're working with someone that you feel comfortable with and uh, basically just have your best interest at heart. At the core of real estate, we have a fiduciary duty to our clients. Our main primary purpose is to take care of our clients' needs and make sure that we have their best interest at heart. And, you know, not commenting on, on anybody else there, there are tons of fantastic realtors out there, but I know for myself, it's, you know, I, I really take that seriously. And, and I want to make sure that, you know, I have a client for life that is going to be with me for life. So, you know, if in five or six years that they, you know, are thinking about selling again, that they want to come to me as opposed to just having a one-off deal with me and that's it. No, no, that's super important. Another question for you that it was interesting because I, I host another podcast for the Home Builders Association of Vancouver. And we were talking about, we had a lawyer on and we were talking about how a lot more people are joining up either with family members or with friends to buy property so they can kind of get their foot in the market. Are you starting to see a lot more of that type of thing? Literally just got off the phone with somebody right before we started recording. Uh, they were talking about buying a home in North End with another couple. There's two homes on a, on a property with a coach house that they can make work and they're trying to pool their resources to, to make it happen. So I, I, I think that's a trend we're starting to see more of. And even with a lot of the houses that I've brought to market, 
there are definitely people that have the uh, basement suite with the intention of a mortgage helper and renting to strangers. But a lot of it is is for family as well, for for somebody's parents to be able to come in, be closer to them. They're already within their bubble, and then they get the added benefit of childcare. As long as you can live with your family or if your friends, and you have a good contract, is what I learned too. Because something <laughs> absolutely, goes wrong. yeah, no, absolutely. And you know, I think this time has you know led to I think strengthening a lot of our relationships within your bubble. And yeah, I think that's one thing COVID taught us is nice to have our family bubble around us, and if you can live with them, I think that's an added plus. And you know, it's not a, really a new concept. A lot of European families and other people around the country they they live together. It's just Canada is kind of late to the game when we're kind of like, oh, can I live with my family? Like I'm going to look be looked down upon. But now I think that's kind of changing after COVID. We're being a little bit more, um, we're getting onto the bandwagon of that idea of living as a family in multi-generations. For sure. Yeah, I agree. Awesome. Uh, just one more question uh, because like, you know, technology is something that we're seeing a lot more because of COVID and there are, have been some virtual showings and things that I've seen. Yeah, oh, yeah, okay. Have you been doing any virtual type okay. showings or do you think that's something that we're going to see more in the future with many other real estate agents? You know what? I think yeah, virtual showings are interesting because traditionally I don't know how well they work as far as like the virtual open house. So uh, we can host virtual open houses where theoretically somebody between the hours of two and four can, you know, patch in and we can do a, a hosting seminar to show people around the house. I haven't done any of those. I, I, I think it's, I think it's too hard to manage or control, but I have done a lot of personal showings over FaceTime with people where I can walk them through a property and they can see it. Um, also lots of videos as well too. It's, it's pretty common to be able to, you know, walk somebody through and kind of give them a good expectation of what, of what they can see. I find that a lot of people still want to see the space though. And a lot of people are afraid to, of course, I mean, I would be too, to, to, buy just based on video. So much of real estate is the actual feeling of what's around you and, you know, how a place makes you feel in the area and the neighborhood and the families and all that. So I, th I think it's uh, it's something that I, I don't think that the trust in video is, is purely there. But all that being said, I'll, I'll still make videos for my listings just to give people a little bit more than photos. I agree with you. I know that there's some, I don't think it's in Canada. I've seen websites in the US where they kind of just are like, oh, you don't need to do anything. You can just see the property on the computer and then you don't even need a real estate agent and I might I might panic because I was like that just makes me so so nervous it's like it's not like you're just buying a sweater from Nordstrom's on the computer I'm like you're buying a home you have no idea how many sweaters I've bought online that'll fit that looks good on the model I'll be happy with that and then I get it and it looks absolutely terrible and now it's a bit of a pain to return it so you know the last thing you want is to do that with you know a half million or a quarter or full million dollar property be unable to return it because it, it doesn't work that way right I agree. And we need realtors. And I, I hope that technology does not take you guys out down the road, because like I said, there's been news articles and stuff about it, but I think you need that one-to-one uh, -one communication, that personalized experience. I just don't think, unless a robot does it really well, I just don't think you can uh, do it. Because like you said, ordering online has taught me during this whole time of the pandemic. I actually hate ordering online because I spend more time <laughs> sure. shipping things back. <laughs> yeah. And, and also like, you know, the value that you get from, from your realtor is, is also who's in their network. So, you know, they can recommend mortgage brokers, they can recommend notaries, inspectors. There's a whole group of people that, you know, good realtors have chosen to work with in order to make your process go 
seamlessly, that's invaluable. That's something that you can't necessarily get from just looking at photos online and, and you know, using a real estate website that you don't really have any interaction. I totally agree. Thank you so much for joining me today. I really appreciate it. so much great insight into real estate here in Vancouver. So uh, we'll see, we'll see what happens. <laughs> if, if, you know, if you or anybody else has any questions, the easiest way to connect with me is through Instagram. I'm on there. You'll see cute photos of my kids because, you know, that's what every parent does these days. But um, yeah. Anybody can hit me up there. It's just brandonblue.realestate on Instagram. That's perfect. We need lots of cute photos of babies and dogs during the <laughs> pandemic. <laughs> For sure. Absolutely. Awesome. Thank you so much. Okay. Thank you. That was another episode of Coping 19. For more information about the show, head on over to podcastconsulting.ca where the show lives. And of course, you can find us on Spotify through that website, as well as Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and the list goes on. If you want more information on how to create your own podcast or a podcast for your business to get more brand exposure, all that information is on the website podcastconsulting.ca. Or maybe you want to be a guest on season two of Coping 19. Feel free to head on over to the site and contact me, Jennifer Lee. Looking forward to speaking with you soon. Bye for now.